welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I want to share a story with you. And being that it's Father's Day, and I must say, and I think Kath's already said this, but happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. If you're a dad, you're awesome. And being that it's Father's Day, I thought I'd share a story about a father and his son. And I didn't get this story out of the ABC shop. I didn't get out of the kids section of the bookshop. This particular story is a story that's found in the Bible. And it's actually a story that Jesus himself told. Jesus was a great storyteller. And Jesus loved hanging around kids. In actual fact, when the disciples were getting a little bit too religious and all the kids were coming around and the disciples said, oh, get rid of these kids, get rid of these rugrats, get rid of these kids, they're just being annoying. And Jesus rebuked them and said, no, don't be stupid. Love kids. I want them around. And we're a church that loves kids. And we love older people and we love middle-aged people and we love everyone in between. It's just awesome because people are people. And so this is a story that Jesus told. And it's been well documented and become well known as the prodigal son. Personally, I don't like that title. The word prodigal means wasteful and it's definitely, and you'll see, it's definitely about a wasteful son. But the star of the show or the hero or the main character of the story for me is the dad. And so I'm retitling this message tonight and I hope it will retitle the way you see this story. I hope for you for now on it will not be known as the prodigal son so much as the Good father. Not the Godfather. The good father. If it was a Godfather, I would have to talk like this with a dry sword talked. <laughs> but it's not that, it's the good father. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 15. If you don't look up on the screen, you can follow with me. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 says, Jesus continued, There was a man and he had two sons. <laughs> Start again. The moment got the better, I'm not going to say. There was a man and he had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And so he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and he set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth with wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. And so he went and he hired himself out as a citizen of that country 
who sent him to the field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. This is a great story. It's a story of a young son who had an incredible start to life, but it went oh so horribly wrong for him in such a short period of time. And he ended up living and eating with the pigs. And my question to you tonight is simply this, where did it all go wrong for him? If we can answer that question, we may be able to help the society and the community in which God has placed us. Because this story is not a distant story. It's not a a relevant story that Jesus told. This story that Jesus told some 2,000 years ago is so relevant for today. We have so many people, young and old, men and women, who have just squandered their lives. And yet they started with such hope and such potential. And I believe that this room is full of potential. Repeat after me if you will. I, ah, oh, come on. It's Sunday night, wake up, shake yourself. You ready? Repeat after me, right from the front to the back, left to the right. Are you ready? I, I am, am a, a pile, pile of potential. potential. Turn the person next to you say, it's true. But potential and three bucks will only ever get you a cup of coffee. If you're lucky. Will you get that here? You will. Three bucks and a pile of potential will only ever get you a cup of coffee. In other words, potential in and of itself doesn't mean anything. This young man had a stack of potential, but it all went horribly wrong. Why? Well, number one, because he was selfish. He went to his father And he said, Dad, give me my inheritance. He made his life all about me, myself, and I. And I want to tell you, when you make your life all about you and you alone, your life is going to get horribly small. Things are going to go very wrong for you if you live a selfish life. We are not called, nor created, nor designed to live selfish, small-minded lives. We've been created in the image of God, the Bible says, and God is a generous God. This young man was using language like me and my and I. And I know for one, as parents, probably the hardest thing to teach our kids is to think of others. And we as a church, while I love this church, we are not just about this church. I believe that we exist for the benefit of others. We are here not just for ourselves. We are here to help the community in which we've been placed. 
Because selfishness always leads to destruction. And this young man, full of potential, started to go downhill the moment he was selfish. Me, myself and I. It was the starting place. And maybe there's some here tonight, you're just living selfish lives. And maybe you can relate to this young boy. It's all about the promotion. It's all about the new car. It's all about the new home. We already live in a great home, but we need a bigger home because our next door neighbours are got to, you know, we're just, just always just trying to keep up with the Joneses. Selfish. Secondly, <laughs> the young man was stupid. Turn to the person next to you and say, he was stupid. Do this, say, he was stupid. Cuckoo. In other words, this young man made a whole heap of really dumb choices. And we can break those dumb choices down into many choices, such as the choice of his timing. He was impatient. He wanted his inheritance, which was his, but he wanted it too soon. If you get something too soon, you won't be able to hold on to it. If you don't have the character to hold on to the blessing, you will lose a blessing real quick. And so when we have um, older, wiser people telling us, no, not now, um, there's a good reason for that. It's probably because we're not ready. We always feel ready, but for the most part, we're not ready. You know, this church has been going for 16 years. And I thank God for every year. And I thank God for the growth that's taken place incrementally over the years. But I know this to be true. If God had given us what we have now in year two, we probably would have lost it because we wouldn't have had the infrastructure. We wouldn't have had the experience. We wouldn't have had the wisdom. We wouldn't have had the maturity. We wouldn't have had the leaders in place to hold on to what God was trying to give us. And so we have to wait. And this young man just took his inheritance, something that was rightfully his, but he just took it too soon. And so his choice of timing was all wrong. Young people, be patient. Be patient. The choice of location. It says that this young man went to another country. You know, whether it's another country or whether it's another place, we've got to be careful where we go. You know, some places just aren't right for you. It's not that they're wrong, it's just that they're not right for you. You know, if you're a recovering alcoholic, you know, the pub is probably not the best place for you. But I can't make a blanket statement that as a Christian, you're not allowed to go to the pub. That would be wrong. But there can be places that aren't good for you. For some of you young people, nightclubs might not be the best for you because you don't have the wisdom and maturity that's needed to be in those places. For some of the older ones here, certain sporting places or certain pubs or, or whatever it is that you're involved in may not be the best place for you. The location is all important. It never ceases to amaze me that we have people that just think, you know, they, they want to go where the sun, surf and sand is. And so, you know, to get rid of all their problems out of wintry cold Adelaide, they're going to go to Queensland because that will solve all their problems. The location's my problem. It's Adelaide. The problem in my life is Adelaide. If I went to Queensland, all my problems would disappear. Bum, bum. Do you know, they did a survey a few years ago and the unhappiest people in Australia by way of survey is those that live in Queensland. 
They did this survey and only 14% of the people in Queensland said we are actually happy. Because we think the location alone will change us. And the location alone will make us happy and it won't. The choice of his spending, the Bible says that he wasted his money. Now money is not the root of all evil. It's what we do with it. Money can be a blessing or it can be a curse. It's what we do with it. But this young man just wasted it. And what did he waste it on? His lifestyle. He chose a lifestyle of wild living. Now when the Bible says wild living, that's a sanitised version. And you can just imagine for a moment what wild living could look like. It could look like just getting drunk. It could look like doing drugs. It could look like sleeping around. And all those crazy things which are anti-family and community. And so he adopted this lifestyle which wasn't suitable to him. And also his choice of friends was not helpful. The friends you choose will either help or hinder your life. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. The people you hang around are the people that you will become like. I think it's fantastic that my son, one of his heroes is in our youth group and he wants to be him when he grows up. I think that's fantastic because at the end of the day, we're always going to want to be like someone. And the people that you choose to hang around with says a lot about you. And I would encourage you to think very carefully about the friends that you choose to hang around with. This young man was selfish and he was stupid because he made all the wrong choices. He was impatient. He chose the wrong location. He did the wrong things with his money. He adopted the wrong lifestyle and he chose the wrong friends. The third thing, he was spent. In other words... All this money that he was given, his inheritance, his entire inheritance, his entire fortune was gone within a very short period of time. He was spent. He had nothing left. Everything was gone. His family, his friends. Isn't it interesting? He had a lot of friends while he had money. But when the money dried up, he had no friends, which highlights they weren't real friends. So he had no family, no friends, no finances. And he lost his freedom. He was selfish. He was stupid. He was spent. And the fourth thing is that he was starving. As a result of all these wrong choices, having spent all his money, he was now hungry. Everyone say hungry. Hunger is an amazing thing. When you're hungry, nothing else matters. Have you noticed that? When you're really, really hungry, that new dress that you've got to have, ladies, not the men, ladies, just doesn't matter. And when you're really, really hungry, men, those new mags or the new car or the new whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Because when you're really hungry, getting fed is the most important thing. And this young man started to get really, really hungry. And he wasn't just hungry for food, but he started to get hungry for home. Because at the end of the day, when all else is lost, the thing that matters most and the thing that people come back to is family. Have you noticed that? 
No one ever said on their deathbed, I wish I spent more time on my business. We've been involved in church life for many years. And we've been involved in people's lives and people's worlds. And as a result of that, you get to know people and you get to know the older ones and the younger ones. And, and for many different reasons, over the years, we've seen many people die and go to be with the Lord. And we've had to be there with the family. And we've been there with those who are sick and those that are dying. And it never ceases to amaze me. Every time we've ever had that privilege to be around family members that have dying loved ones, the conversation is always around how much I love you. How much you mean to me. I mean, we had good friends of ours recently just lose their dad and the conversation was always around family. It was always around the fun times. And I think the last parting words of the man who recently passed away, he said to his family, he said, I love you. What a great thing to be remembered for, those words. It wasn't, can you imagine like, Wash the car. It's ridiculous, isn't it? So why do we spend so much time getting, trying to get so much money to get that new car? When at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Fix the back door in the house. What? Sell your home, buy a bigger one. It's never around that. It's always around people and relationships and family. That's what it's around. And until this young man lost everything, he didn't realise that. What he really wanted is what he had. He had his brother. He had his father. He had a home. And he gave all that up because he thought he wanted something more. I can't help but feel that this world is in the same boat as this young man. Chasing this elusive something. When in actual fact they're after someone. And as a hungry, humbled young man, he comes to his senses and he says, I'm going to go back home. Which brings me to my fifth and final point is this. And this is the good news. He was seen. He was selfish. He was stupid. He was spent. He was starving. But he was also seen. Who was he seen by? He was seen by his father. And I love the response of the dad. It wasn't like, told you so. They're not the words of a good father. I think the father always knew he was on a hiding to nothing. The story says that the father was forever looking for his son. 
Because he knew he had to come to this. He didn't have the wisdom. He didn't have what it took to make a go of it. And so he was waiting and waiting and waiting for his son to return. And so when he sees him, he runs up to him. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. Do you know why this father responded that way? It's because he loved him. You see, the young man may have looked like a pig. He may have smelt like a pig. He may have eaten like a pig, but that did not make him a pig. You've got to catch this. He may have smelt like a pig, looked like a pig, eaten like a pig, but he wasn't a pig. He was his son and the father knew it. See, here's the good news. The good news is this, that where you are is not who you are. The young man was eating pig food, but the whole time he was the son of a wealthy father. Your identity has nothing to do with where you live or what you do or how much money you have. Your identity comes from knowing whose you are, not just who you are. And like the father in this story, God sees you for who you are and not what you do. People often say, if God is a God of love, why do all these bad things happen? Maybe this young man had the same attitude. If my father loves him, why is all these bad things happening? I'll tell you why. Because he didn't do a thing that his father said. He left the protection of his own home and started to do his own thing. And we live in a world today where people are doing their own thing. They're not taking the advice of our loving Heavenly Father who says, don't do this. Not because he's a party pooper, but because he loves you. And then he said, hey, why don't you do this? Because if you do this, this will be good for you. It's like a good father or mother that says to their kids, eat vegetables. We don't say that because we hate our kids. Although the kids might feel like that. If you love me, you just let me eat donuts and coke all day long. That's not love. You can't live on those things. Great for a treat, but you can't live on them. And so there's some incredible wisdom in the Word of God because our Father loves us. And we say, no, I know better. I'm going to do my own thing. And the world has been in decay ever since. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.